This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in today. Uh, we have an opportunity to start moving on to some business and it's about time we move on to some business because with a lot of these distractions, it's been difficult to do. Let me bring on Congressman Kevin Brady. He represents the 8th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. He's chairman of the powerful Ways and Means Committee and a key point man on the effort to rid the country of Obamacare and, of course, tax reform. Congressman, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. I love coming on, especially since, you know, you're such a huge advocate for tax reform think you think it through you're willing to step out and speak your mind so no i I love coming on yeah on that on that note uh i'm gonna put up an op-ed that that i wrote i know you've seen it up on the blaze page a little bit later on today so folks can read it as well um and we'll get into that very very quickly because i want the majority of our time to be to be focused on the antiquated the insult to the American people that is the current tax code, but a yeah. couple of quick fire questions about some some current events. The baseball game. I know that you yeah. you participated in it. Um, uh, I, I know that the Republicans lost yesterday, but I wanted you to be able to comment, sir, on your colleagues being shot at and what it did to you personally. So it was a, it was a big night last night, and no, we we had an off game, no question about it. I'm the designated hitter. For the Republicans, uh, Steve Scalise and I share a second base. He's the starter, so you know we we just uh, we had a, a off game and energy wasn't quite there. But I think part of that was the shooting um, uh, Wednesday morning, and, and as horrific as it was, it was also day uh, Chris a day of miracles because uh, without uh, that Capitol Police detail there, without a secure gate, the fact it was the morning before the game, so our, our pitchers were resting their arms. They would normally be in the, uh, the bullpen right next to where that shooter was at. Um, it, it could have been, it would have been so much worse. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, it also, it really was a day of miracles, and, and even better that yesterday I was with um, Steve and his family at the hospital um, uh, the day in the evening of the shooting. Um, his family arrived later that evening from Louisiana, um, yesterday was a good day for him. Uh, he's going to have multiple surgeries, a gunshot wound to the pelvis and in that whole region 
is a long recovery. Uh, and he's tough as nails. And I hate to say as a Texan, you know, he's an LSU Tiger. He's tough as nails. and uh, But he's got a lot of battles ahead. All right. Last uh, night, look, there was 25,000 people there. We raised yeah. a million and a half dollars for not just charity, but the Capitol Police. And, uh, and maybe people started to tone down. Maybe people yeah. stopped turning down all this uh, all this rhetoric. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question. If you thought it was going to serve to do that, and then hope springs I know, eternal. I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, look, it's just gotten out of control here. I got you. Uh, I got I, you. I still don't understand this guy, but yeah, I understand. Hey, look, let's let's move on to uh, Obamacare, uh, the repeal effort. Looks like the Senate will maybe get a vote by the end of the month, according to Mitch McConnell. Uh, yeah. Look, this is this is what I want to ask you about that. Is there a chance, and I just give me your honest opinion, that, that the Senate and the House will come together and uh, have a bill that is a sunset bill, meaning that the Republicans will recognize that we don't have to surrender in this country to a massive entitlement here, that we can phase it out and replace it with a robust free market? Do you think there's any chance of that? Yeah, but I, and yes, the answer is yes. I don't know that the that we're going to sunset Obamacare. There's no question about it. No, I mean the replacement, the replacement oh. bill. Well, the replacement's basically the free market alternative to all that. We okay. just needed a couple of years for the states to be able to. So we're returning. So there's three big things we're doing here. One, we're repealing uh, most, not all, but everything we could in Obamacare under those Senate rules, including from Ways and Means perspective, the taxes, the subsidies, and the penalties on that. That's the first thing we're doing. Secondly, we're restoring state control of health care, getting all the decisions out of Washington. So a Texas can, de- can de- to design health care for our state. And then third thing we're doing is restoring the free market. Those last two things are going to take a couple years. Gotcha. So this three-year transition is just simply to take, give the state and the market plenty of time to restore itself because Obamacare just crushed both of them. I understand. Uh, quick uh, question, quick answer. Does, does the United States of America and our citizens get a budget finally this year, or will we get another omnibus or continuing resolution? Well, a great question. One, uh, we are going to get a budget um, because we can't do tax reform until we have that budget ah. done and approved by the House and Senate because that's going to have the vehicle so we can avoid the filibuster in the Senate. So Schumer and... Uh, and Elizabeth Warren and others can't uh, obstruct tax reform, so it's it's critical. Perfect. On the second issue of spending going forward, and no one wants to do these continuing resolutions. They make no sense. They fund the budget like it was for years before. So they're working toward a, a real spending bill where every uh, uh, agency is scrutinized, uh, every line item uh, uh, has goals and measurements, so we actually fulfill our constitutional responsibility on spending. The chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, Kevin Brady, is with us right now, the congressman from the 8th Congressional District in Texas. Congressman, let's talk about tax reform. Uh, do we nibble around the edges? Uh, is this what the Republicans are going to be putting forward? Are we going to go big? Because I can tell you that the last, in May, the government took in a record amount of Americans' money. Yep. And they're still overspending. So what does tax reform look like? Give us a, a blueprint. Yeah, so a uh, great question because here my study of tax reform throughout history in America, if we want the greatest growth for the greatest number of years, the Reagan model is the one that works. It's bold, 
It's balanced within the budget. In other words, it helps us with growth, get back to a balanced budget, and it's permanent. Families and businesses can count on it. And so uh, from the House perspective, uh, we, we, some people think we're way too bold because we're trying to leapfrog America from 31st in the world in competitiveness and tax codes, and we've, we've fallen behind that far, uh, to, to the top three uh, and keep us there. So we're pushing the envelope hard. Chris, at the end of the day, our biggest enemy, and it was for President Reagan as well, is the status quo. This tax code has is so complex. It has tons of constituencies, and in Washington, uh, you leave it just to Washington, they'll pick it apart till there's nothing left. And it'll be, uh, if they succeed, it'll be tweaks to what we have, and we can't do that. This is we have once in generation opportunity to do this. We got to go bold and simple, and fair. Well, you're you're going to hear a lot of rhetoric, and you probably already are, and a lot of you folks within the sound of our voices, a lot of rhetoric about pay-fors. If there are cuts in taxes, there are there's a certain political ideology in our society that that seems to indicate that if government spends any type of money, it's automatically justified because it's government spending. And you and I know, Congressman Brady, that yeah. it's just the opposite, that there's a lot, of, there's tons, there's billions upon billions of dollars wasted by uh, the bureaucracy up in Washington. Yeah, is example, that Chris, yeah. like, uh, so, you, you know, Americans get a $7,500 tax credit when they buy a Tesla. So do you want to keep, do we want to keep doing that? Or just let everyone keep more of their money, you know, is an example of the parts of the tax code, the special interest provisions. We intend to do away with with special provisions for some so we can lower the tax rates for everybody. And I guess where I was going to go with that question was uh, this idea of cutting taxes is fantastic for economic growth and such. But uh, a combination of a restraint on government spending has to occur. Is that anywhere in the conversation up there on Capitol Hill? It, it absolutely is. Look, like any business that's in financial trouble, you got to restrain the spending, and you got to grow revenues. And that's the, that's the same here. You got to get the tax code right so the economy, on its own, supercharges in the right way for the for the long term. And you got you got to restrain spending. And and as you know, Chris, from our past discussions, look, uh, you know, one third of the budget is the day to day operations. That's what we have all the fights over. The two-thirds are the entitlement, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they are going to squeeze out over time every time that, that your listeners send up here. Yeah, and and they need some serious reform. Yeah. Really quickly, got about 30 seconds left, Congressman, about border adjustability. That is between yes, the Senate and the, Repub- uh, the Senate Republicans and the House Republicans. There's a big debate on this. Does it make it into the final proposal, do you think, border adjustability? Yeah, I don't know, and it, the whole thing is designed – to level the playing field with China, Europe, Canada, Mexico uh, for our Made in America products here and around the world as well. But it's te- the principle is let's tax equally in, in America, everybody. It'll, it'll keep jobs from leaving. It'll bring those jobs back from overseas. It's a big change. So right now it's probably the most controversial of, of the bold provisions here. So I'm right. um, not, not determined yet. And, and we'll see this in the next month or so, you think, the, 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 the basic outline? So the framework um, between the president, the House, and the Senate, the work, working toward a unified um, uh, uh, tax reform plan over the next several months. All right. Congressman Kevin Brady, everybody, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, 8th Congressional District here in Texas. Sir, appreciate the time and keep us posted under these Thanks. efforts. 
Thanks, Chris. Take care. You bet. Back in a minute. Yeah, back in a minute, folks, here on the Blaze Radio Network. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I I am so pleased to be broadcasting from the Blaze Studios today, joined by my good buddy Lawrence Jones, who could be heard on this very same network on Saturdays, noon to 3 Eastern, uh, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, buddy. Yeah, your old spot. Yeah, my old, exactly, yeah, my yeah, old spot. Old spot yeah. It Thanks seems, me, on a personal, before we start talking yeah. about stuff going on today, it seems every time I turn on Fox News, I see your face on it. I just, I'm just saying. I'm balancing between yeah. Blaze TV and Fox stuff. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm glad. Blessing, I'm glad you're. Know? I am glad you're over there, because uh, it helps bust a lot of narratives. Oh Here, yeah, most definitely. Indeed, indeed. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk with you about this is this just came down earlier this morning. It was kind of breaking news. M- remember this case with this. This girl was being prosecuted mm-hmm. for her boyfriend's suicide. Mm-hmm. She was texting to him, and, and, and let right. me be let me be clear about this. I sound like Obama. Let me be clear. Let me be clear about this. <laughs> she was. This is this is one nasty b. Yeah. This guy has got the windows rolled up. Yeah. He's got the car on, and he starts texting her. I'm having second thoughts about killing myself. Right. Right. And she says, no, you got. It. You said you were going to do it. Go and do it. Yeah, and this is the second time because he attempted it yeah. before, yeah. and then she, she's doing it again. But I disagree with the decision. So do I. I, I mean, totally disagree with it. Because uh, let's think, about, think about this, folks. It is not illegal to off yourself. It's just yeah, not. Right. I had people calling me today in an earlier version of the show saying, well, come on. There's got to be some culpability because you, you can't Slippery incite slope. you can't incite violence on other people. You, if you were to incite some uh, a jihadi to go and kill somebody, that's illegal. I said, yeah, because you're inciting somebody else to go hurt somebody else. Right. That's a crime. a crime. But, you, but it's not a crime to hurt yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think I think you know we got to take the emotions out, and I think. Uh, in these tough cases, yeah, um, it's easy to say, well, you know what? Can we just change the law? <laughs> <laughs> but the law doesn't work that way. No. Um, At least it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. But I think she's a sick person. Absolutely. I mean, she's definitely a sick person. You know, I there's a special place in hell for her, without a doubt. Exactly. But as it relates to a legal argument, I, I don't understand how they won this See, case. E- Ellie, Ellie sends me tweets every single day, or texts every single day, <laughs> telling me to go play in traffic, telling me to jump off a bridge. I mean, <laughs> under this new predicate. 
I mean, seriously. I mean, <laughs> I can attest like, that that's never happened. <laughs> that's never happened. She's like, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. I, I just think it's a slippery it uh, is. A slope, uh, Chris, and I, I think we should be careful. And I think uh, I'm really concerned about the judges because in, in cases like this where the judges, uh, when they read specific instructions to the jury um, and, and the jury doesn't, you know, use those instructions then sometimes the judge steps in uh, and declares a mistrial um, because the jury didn't take those instructions i'm trying to figure out the legal basis that the jury was able to say that she committed a crime um by telling the guy to kill himself to kill himself yeah she's not going to win girlfriend of the year but i don't think that's 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 not a a punishable offense under the law right and and, you know it is massachusetts so who knows what this judge what what this judge it's about feelings and emotions yeah other thing that's going on today uh well and and yesterday and the day before was this idea that donald trump is under investigation Mm -hmm. uh we learned this from news sources, the Washington Post and the New York Times, who have already been proven mm-hmm. to be trafficking in fake news. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Comey confirmed that in his, in his uh, uh, shall we say, testimony before the Senate, mm-hmm. that they, all the stuff that they were writing about his investigation was all fake news. Mm-hmm. So fast forward now, here comes these same publications who have already confirmed to, to be uh, dishonest operators, the Post and the Times. And now they're saying, oh, well, now we're, we're getting from these anonymous sources that, that Trump is under investigation for obstruction of justice. That's one thing. And then Jared Kushner, who is the liberal son-in-law, son-in-law of the president. Do you know who his attorney is? I don't. Jamie Gorelick. You remember that name? I don't. I don't I, remember that name. Jamie Gorelick worked in the Clinton administration. Oh, God. And Jamie Gorelick was the idiot who put up these barriers between our intelligence services so they couldn't communicate. Mm-hmm. Those same types of barriers that were instrumental in leading to the 9-11, the 9/11 attacks. Yeah. Jamie Gorelick, that Jamie Gorelick is defending Jared Kushner, yeah. the, the liberal the son-in-law son-in-law. of the president of the United States. Isn't this just weird? It, the, the whole setup is weird, but a couple things. Yeah. First of all, uh, many of these leaks happened um, the night of uh, the shooting, um, and I, I, I find it uh, very disheartening that the mainstream media, as well as the FBI uh, leaks, would put out this story when we have a uh, sitting member of Congress that's in critical condition. Yeah. Meanwhile, these are the same people that are calling for unity uh, and for us to come together, uh, but they refuse to have a ceasefire. You are you are very close to to another. Uh, fantastic point on this is the timing. Right. We just came off a week where James Comey committed not once, but twice, but three times. Right. The president was not under investigation. Right. And, and all of a sudden that started to seep. Right. Stock. And right. It started to seep into the Republicans were saying, well, the president's not under investigation. And uh, and CNN couldn't have it. Right. And the Washington Post couldn't have no, it. The couldn't. New York Times couldn't have it. Yeah, so, because you saw the stock markets going up and yeah. everybody, because everybody was questioning, okay, well, maybe the president is under investigation. And then it finally came out that the president isn't under investigation. So it took the wind out of their sails. Exactly. So they, in, in my view, mm-hmm. the Washington Post invented, of course he's under investigation. Well, essentially the president did confirm it today in, in so many words in his tweet. He doesn't know. Um, he doesn't know. Yeah. He, he doesn't. Look, if you, if you are the subject of an investigation yeah. of a special counsel, of the FBI, they don't tell you. I know they don't tell you, but they've probably been in communication with his attorney. We don't know what's going on behind exactly. the scenes. But, but the question is, when you're the subject, should, you don't know. Well, 
the question is, is should the president be under investigation in the first place? I don't think he, so. He, he, I, I've only heard good things about Bob Mueller being a a man of integrity. That's our and next all topic. That. But uh, <laughs> he's he's buddies with Comey, and so there may be some conflict there. Uh, in in the, in the end of this story. took me right where I wanted to go. Greg Jarrett, Fox News Channel, was talking about this very topic, which you were just alluding to, and there is a legality here. Let's I mean, first of all, the special counsel law specifically says that you may not serve as special counsel if you have a close personal relationship with a key pivotal witness. Comey is obviously that witness. They're close friends, close allies, close partners. They were joined at the hip. What he's saying is there is statute that says if you have a conflict of interest, you can't be a special counsel. Not only that, but you have to recuse yourself immediately. Why is that not But the question is, why did they knew this from the very beginning? Mm -hmm. And they knew that Comey would probably be a part of the investigation. So the question is, is why did uh, Rod Rosenstein uh, do this? Do this. Why Why did he decide to appoint this guy. Now we're in a trouble because Trump can't fire the guy. You gonna, he can't get involved. You going to talk about it this weekend? I am going to talk about it this weekend. All right, make sure. Lawrence Jones, <laughs> Thanks, folks, he'll be on noon Eastern. Tomorrow. Tomorrow on Saturday. He'll have more on this. Thanks. And we'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Stick with me. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Did you guys hear the Russians claimed to have killed Al Qaeda's number one? I'm sorry, ISIS's number one. Al-Baghdadi. Al-Baghdadi. Hey, uh, by the way, the voice in the background, everybody, is Mayor Ramirez, uh, who is um, a longtime contributor here to the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad to have you with us, Mary. (laughs) Jumped in a little early. Sorry No, 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 it's all right. (laughs) I was just talking to the folks rhetorically, and here comes Mary. Yep, Al-Baghdadi, that's him. I'm here. Me, me, me. (laughs) How you doing this Friday? I am doing very well. How about you? Glad to hear it. I'm doing fine. I am doing uh, more than fine. It's the weekend. What's there not to like? Uh, look, before I get on to uh, uh, what you wrote about this week and what's going on in your geographic area, I just wanted you to comment briefly on uh, Trump's Cuba speech today, which I found very, in, uh, very, I was very heartened by what I heard. I was too. I think it's bold. I think it's, I mean, bravo, truly, because what he's done is he's, he's placed the incumbency on Cuba. They have to clean up their act. They have to let political prisoners go. They have to clean up their human rights abuses before they get any sort of benefit from the free world. Yeah. And what does that, that say? That, what does that say about where we've been when it seems oh, bold for the United States of America to stand up for freedom and liberty and against a dictator. I mean, just how far down the crapper had that had this country gone under resident Obama to where he was funneling money to dictators in Tehran, to dictators in Cuba. And it's like all of a sudden we get Trump back in. and It's like it's bold to stop giving taxpayer money to cutthroats <laughs> and dictators. I mean, what does that I say know. about where we've been? It's, it's like we've been in some sort of alternate universe, I know. you know, where the United States does, in fact, fund these horrible people. And then, yeah, I mean, for, for me to sit there, I'm in the car today, I'm listening to the radio and hear this and I'm going, wow, this is so cool. And then I go, oh, yeah, 
this really isn't this is this should be par for the course for the United States, yeah, but it, really, it hasn't been the last eight years. I know. So it is a shock. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so what are we? Uh, what are you uh, writing about this week? Well, Chris, the last time you and I talked, I think it was two weeks ago now. I think you were on vacation last week. So yeah, yeah two weeks ago. I talked about, I had an article uh, talking about the effects um, that, that left-wing rhetoric and, and demagoguery has had on our ability to have productive debate in this country because of the distortions and the outright lies and the character assassinations. Well, there's another layer to that conversation. And, and for me, this layer got a whole lot, well, for the whole country, the whole, this layer got a lot more serious when um, with the attempted assassination of Congressman Scalise and, and the others there on, on the battlefield. And it's this layer that sort of leads to this kind of behavior. And I, in my piece, I asked people to consider North Korea. It's been in the news lately, of course, because of their nuclear activities, but also the student that was just released. I asked my readers to, cons to consider North Korea. Not that I'm comparing the Democrats and the left to North Korea. However, the tactics that they use do play a part here. In kindergarten, Chris, they start teaching the kids to hate Americans. And they do it by portraying Americans as these horrible, bloody, bloodthirsty monsters. They've, they've got propaganda posters in the, in the classrooms that portray North Koreans as killing Korean children. I'm sorry, portray Americans as killing Koreans and, and so on and so forth. Long story short, they grow up hating them. Well, how is that terribly different from the way that the left wing, the far left wing, portrays us, people like you and me on the right? They portray us as haters. They portray us as monsters that want people, you and your grandmother and your children, to die in the streets. Okay, so you've got this building up, right, this rhetoric building up in society, and then you light fuses. I think I heard Bill O'Reilly this morning use this phrase, and I thought it was great. You light fuses in people like this man who shot Steve Scalise by promoting either actively or with their silence, political violence. We saw it with Kathy Griffin. We saw it with the play in, in Central Park, and we've got Fareed Sakaria coming on and calling it a masterpiece for the Trump era. You've got people you know, violently protesting, violently protesting on campuses. You've got people over at Newsweek calling for the torture and death of the GOPers that supported Trump care. You know, so when you marry those two ideas together, you get what happened in the, 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 on the baseball field there with Steve Scalise and the rest. And, and I'm not trying to play some sort of political blame game just because we had this tragedy. I, I, I'm saying this is something we need to be very serious about because the, the American right, we by and large do not generate the opinion in this country. I mean, I know Ted Nugent came out and said he's going to change the way he talks and so on. But by and large, it's the American left that generates opinion and rhetoric in this country because they run the media. They run the entertainment industry, they run the education, the academia, and they run by and large politics. So they're the ones generating this narrative, and they are simultaneously the ones who are promoting a culture of, hey, you don't like what this person says, they need to die. Literally die. It's no longer I hate your idea or I really hate your idea. It's I hate you, and you need to be silenced permanently. And I just, I want, again... <laughs> only like only if you are a conservative. If you're a liberal, you deserve to be heard and, and your rights need to be respected. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you're a conservative, you are inhuman. And thus, and this is how these snowflakes on college campuses actually think. You're a right. conservative. I've been told that I am to hate you and that you are a racist and a bigot and a homophobe. Thus, mm -hmm. that allows me to curtail your speech, which, again, these snowflakes snowflakes don't understand that no. even e unpopular speech is the, the speech that's most protected in this country. Right. Exactly. Because we didn't, if, if, if we didn't, we wouldn't need free speech. 
otherwise. Right. If if we're not protecting unpo- you know unpopular speech, but yeah, it's it really is. By this the way, whole generation, my generation is growing up to believe that, uh, you know, political opponents are not just people you disagree with. They're people to be destroyed. They're literally enemies yeah, to well, be destroyed. You mentioned Fareed Zakaria and, yeah. and, and, and this this reprobate, uh, this insult to intelligence. I, I just I, I just had to to mention this because I was telling the the folks behind the glass and showing them this this Salcedo show graphic we created. For Fareed Zakari. I don't know if you saw it yet, Mary, but it's on the Facebook page. Oh, this I got to see. Well, well you got to scroll down uh, quite a ways because we, we were talking about, you know, the, the buildup of hate, everything that you're describing. And we we talked about Fareed Zakaria being the face of CNN. And we came up, we used uh, one of CNN's graphics and we, uh, we well, uh, we decided to modify it so it was a little more truth in advertising. Okay. And uh, so instead of, you know, CNN, Fareed Zakaria, whatever the hell it said, it now says truth. The, pot, the potty <laughs> mouth face of CNN, Fareed, Trump hater Zakaria. I'm and, seeing this right now. Yeah, there, there it is. It's true. You know what? I, would, I'd, I give you permission to take that graphic and make it a part of your story uh, when you it. post it. So yeah, Fareed Zakaria, the face of Trump hating in America. It's truth. This is CNN, everybody. So go ahead, Mary. What's the name of the piece? Dear American Left, Part 2, Time to Get Serious About Your Rhetoric. And it's up on my blog. I'll tweet it out right after the segment. Part 2. I just I just had another revelation. Why don't we call it Part Do? <laughs> As in doo-doo. The American oh, Left, Part Doo-doo. What? what? <laughs> don't laugh at me in there. I think that was genius. I'll rename it just for you, Chris. Just for you. Mary Ramirez, everybody, uh, a longtime contributor since since almost the very beginning here of the Chris Salcedo Show. Appreciate you as always, lady. Have a great weekend. You as well, Chris. All right, fine. Yeah, it's a little juvenile, but what the heck. Uh, uh, looking on the front page of Drudge right now, here are, you know, I. Uh, look, I, I am not saying this to slight Megyn Kelly. I was on Megyn Kelly's show. I had a wonderful time every single time I was there. But since she made the jump to NBC, simply because Megyn is there is not enough to get me to watch a biased network. I, I just won't. So I've, I've lost touch with what she's doing, but through certain channels... And through certain tweets, like the ones from Chelsea Clinton, I become made aware that that Megyn Kelly is going to be interviewing Alex, uh, uh, Alex Jones from In- Infowars. And I-, I am seeing things, and I'm just seeing it now as I was pulling up the Drudge Report, that Alex Jones is leaking a Megyn Kelly tape? The hell is that all about? I am being serious. I honestly don't know. Now, I know that there was controversy that Chelsea Clinton and other left-wingers didn't even want the left-wing biased NBC to give this guy a platform because he had theorized that, and I'm not sure, did he really do this? Do you guys know? Theorized that Sandy Hook was was a fake story? Cal, do you remember this? Did, Did he actually do that? He did that. Okay. Well, to what I, what I tweeted to, to Chelsea Clinton was this. 
So if you think he's a nutball and you think he sucks, why not get him on television and let him prove it to everybody? Why try to stifle and silence it? There, there's an axiom in politics, folks, when, when your political opposition is shooting themselves in the foot, get out of the way. Let them do it. If Chelsea Clinton believes Alex Jones is a reprobate, let him get on TV and prove it to everybody. The American people are smart. See, this is the difference between me, a conservative, and Chelsea Clinton, a liberal extremist. I believe in the intelligence and the intellect of the American people to make up their own damn minds. But I, you know what? Let me, let me go to break just a smidge early. I'll read up on what the kerfuffle is. I thought that this interview was going to go through, but maybe NBC caved. And they weren't going to air it. And then Alex Jones got ticked off and said, well, if you're not going to air my interview, I'm going to release the Megyn Kelly tapes. Maybe that's what's going on. I'll read up. I'll be right back. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Well, <laughs> this is interesting. And look, I, on one hand, I know why Alex Jones did what he did. And I encourage him to do it. And I encourage any conservative that goes to a biased news outlet like NBC to do this. Or CBS or ABC or C- certainly CNN. Uh, this is now consider the source It's the daily beast. This is a left-wing publication folks, online publication, Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorizing host of Infowars, whose controversial interview with NBC's Megyn Kelly is set to air Sunday has fallen back to the argument of every disgruntled interviewee. They took me out of context. Well, um, Typically, Mr. Tom Sykes, the author of this piece, when one takes you out of context, you would be, by definition, a disgruntled interviewee. That's why I encourage every conservative to insist on going live or to insist on a copy of the full interview or to be allowed to roll on it yourself. And if these left-wing publications don't want to agree then you don't do the interview. It's, it's your reputation that's on the line. Except in this case, writes Tom Sykes, Jones may cause serious trouble for Kelly. Now, wait a minute. If Megyn Kelly and NBC News are editing this piece fairly, then why would there be any trouble if you had the full unedited version? I'm asking all of you guys behind the glass, what, what would be the problem? Why would that be a problem? Tom Sykes of the Daily Beast is admitting that the problem here is a left-wing publication's ability to paint a conservative unfairly like some kook or whack job, right? And that taping it thwarts that effort. And that's the effort of, of places like NBC to turn a conservative who has a principled stance on something and turn him into a nut job, turn him into a kook through selective editing. And we know NBC does this. Remember what they did to Zimmerman? 
They edited that 9-11 uh, phone call to make it seem like he was a racist and he wasn't. NBC selectively edits uh, as a matter of practice, it seems, on high-profile issues. Anyway, except in this case, Jones may cause serious trouble for Kelly, who he apparently took the precaution of covertly taping. And why would he have to do this covertly? Covertly taping in pre-interview calls, and he claims the interview itself, which is now publicizing on InfoWars and his YouTube channel. And in those clandestine clips... The former Fox News host appears to promise to go easy on him in the interview. Well, you know what? This 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 is Sykes trying to skewer Megan Kelly. Because I can when I used to do news, I can remember sitting across from somebody, hey, don't worry about it, I'm gonna go easy on you. Just before I started unloading a <laughs> a full-on barrage of some tough questions. Don't worry. No, it's a way of breaking the ice and getting, you know. So without seeing this in context, I, look, I know what Tom Sykes over the Daily Beast believes the media's job is to destroy conservatives and to be unfair to them. Uh, let me assure you, Mr. Sykes, that that's not the job of the, of the press, at least not the defined job of the press. So this is, this is very interesting. I, uh, uh, I just think it should be standard operating procedure. Any conservative insists on uh, having a uh, a copy of the interview in case some, I don't know, less than scrupulous editor over at a left-wing news operation decides to get squirrely. As I leave you, Rasmussen, the most accurate polling service in the 2008 presidential election, reports this. Donald Trump is at 50% approval in the presidential daily tracking poll. Just FYI, as you go into the weekend, happy Father's Day, everybody. And remember this, until we talk again on Monday, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Great weekend. See you Monday, 3 o'clock Eastern on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network.